I think that's the point in all this is like just confirming that like none of us are alone in this, right? Like it, none of us can do this on our own. It takes an army to, to get us through something like this. Like, I mean, this summer was, nobody should, I mean, there's, there's even now there's no way there's, it's still hard to comprehend like what happened. Is there anyone out there? From Darkness to Life contains the real stories of courageous individuals who found their way out of the darkness caused by mental health challenges and substance abuse. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Rick, Ryan, and Damien are here for you. Please reach out when you're ready to ourcollectivejourney.ca or on Facebook at Our Collective Journey. Hey, welcome to the Our Collective Journey podcast um, from Darkness to Life in the Plugged In Media Studio Extraordinaire, I guess. Um, I'm Rick Armstrong. I'm here with our guests today, Jeremy Daffy, Derek Lillico, and Julie Davis, who we've met before in the studio. So welcome, dudes, ladies. How's it going? Lady. Thank you. Thank you for having us. How you doing? How's your morning starting off, Daffy? Uh, morning was pretty good. Uh, got here at a half decent time. Uh, lost my keys and <laughs> only found them hanging in my my truck door downtown. So it was a pretty good place. <laughs> <laughs> pretty safe place to leave your truck. In. If you're gonna keys. lose your keys, just leave them in the door. I'm Anybody sure help still yourself? Been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tools in the back seat. Yeah, exactly. Derek, how you doing, buddy? Not so bad. You guys? Well, it's been a while since I've seen you, man. It's, it's been way too long. Yeah. Too long, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Cool. Julie, how's the mama? Doing good. Yep. Just managing another week with hubby out of town. So, no, all good. He's nothing nothing slows this lady down. All no good. shit, no. Yeah. He's coming home soon. Yeah. Yeah, five days versus 65 days is pretty manageable. Yeah, so for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, we obviously know the topic of these things is uh, mental health and addiction and stories of recovery and hope and, and you know, how we can all move forward through things. And um, I guess this episode kind of centers around some of the events that occurred over the summer. Um, with some of the young men who are no longer with us and um, you know that would kind of gave birth to this whole our collective journey thing um, you know and everybody's got their own story that leads them there but our you know our our founding guys right we've all been uh, we've all dabbled in the suicide arena you know some of us have attempted some of us have come dangerously close and and, uh, you know, for, for us, it was drugs and alcohol that kind of led us there and the, the depression and the guilt and the shame that goes with that. But not to say that that's everybody's equation to get there. So um, you guys were all touched very, hit really close to home for you guys. So, uh, yeah, if you want to share a bit about. Yeah, it's uh, been a pretty, pretty difficult summer for, for a lot of us. Um, a lot of us lost. I lost four four very close friends this summer, and it's it's fucked me up a little bit to say the least. Um, I'm working hard to to turn my life around in a in a more positive way, and I guess it does uh, really shines a, a light on how how messed up your life 
was and why why you were abusing drinking and and drugs sometimes and yeah it's just it's an eye opener man yeah this summer um definitely wasn't one that we will soon forget um i know that uh, we both lost uh a lot of good men um this community lost a lot of good men a lot of good brothers a lot of good sons um, a lot of good dads and um i know that uh we all battle our own darkness and our own um demons and um uh i think that um this summer uh brought up a lot of my past stuff and uh, made me have to really look back and uh you know relive a lot of um my past and a lot of the stuff that i had to battle you know, I don't think people truly understand um, what it's like when somebody gets to that point of the thought of taking their life. You know, um, all rational thoughts gone. The darkness takes over. Um, you truly believe that your family and uh, everybody around you would be better off if you weren't here. And, you know, a lot of people look at, you know, taking your life as a selfish act. But uh, I, I can tell you that um, uh, when you get to that point, um, you truly and honestly believe that uh, the world would be a better place if you weren't in it. And that's honestly not the truth. And I think that uh, we all were there to... Um, attend the celebration of these young men's life and we could see that they were all loved and they were all going to be you know missed and uh, won't soon be forgotten that's for sure yeah I think <clears throat> I you know I can totally speak to that too right um I remember when I was in that place personally it was uh it wasn't at all a selfish decision right it was it was absolutely the the best scenario for everybody was a world without me in it and and I think we you know that's one thing we all need to really look at and get over the stigma of is how this is a selfish act right mm -hmm. and it, as much as it might truly be it's not at all perceived that way by the person who's going through it and uh yeah, it's if 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 you don't if you haven't been there nobody can explain it to you. If you haven't felt that level of of darkness, you know. And I hope to God you don't have to. Like it's, yeah, no, you know, it's and that's, not it's not a fun place to be. I I remember talking to my wife about it and uh and ex and she was just she, you know, she didn't get it, right? And I'm like I'm so thankful you know at first i really wanted her to get it right mm -hmm. i really wanted her to understand what i was going through and then uh and then it kind of dawned on me like the only way you're going to get it is if you've been there and i'm thankful that you it i'm thankful that you don't get it right yeah i, I would not want my worst enemy to deal with the issues and the darkness like it's it is it is the epitome of 
of uh, of uh, uh, littering and <laughs> of what? <laughs> it's the epitome of pain, right? Like it's it's uh, it's it's a spot that um, that when you get there, it's hard to get out of because the your brain re rewires itself to go there, and you know things trigger us to send us back to those spots. You know, you you can honestly believe that your past, you know something tough and you know something can happen you know a day a week a month a year and it can you know set you off and I know and until we take the time to you know properly heal and to properly take care of ourselves um you know things like addictions and you know that type of um you know coping are going to continue to creep into our lives yeah I can say I've like I've never I've never had suicidal thoughts and I think I always did think that like man what a selfish thing to do like how could you leave your kids how could you leave your your wife or your husband or your your parents but I mean in the last six months year like the amount of conversations I've had with people that have been there I really have a better understanding of how like it is in that moment, that brief second, it's the least selfish thing for Mm -hmm. you, right? I mean, it's still kind of hard for me to understand that I could ever get to that point of like, yes, every, everybody, everybody, the world would be better off without me, but I can, I can kind of get an understanding of just how many similar conversations I've heard from people that have been there that that that's that's the truth in that moment it's not it's not a selfish yeah i think for moment. for me and the and like everybody involved with the <clears throat> ocj thing right we've we've kind of really exposed ourselves to that demographic a lot right we've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people that have been in dark places and they're what brought them there is different whether it's a childhood mm-hmm. trauma issue like i know derek you've got um, your concussion, post-concussion syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, and and we deal with a lot with um, you know drugs and alcohol, and I mean there's a million different stories that lead people to that spot, but the underlying constant is a sense of feeling alone, uh, and and a sense of like this truly is the best, you know, it, yeah. out of the you know it's almost sad to say but hundreds of people that I've talked to over the last 6 months about this that have been there consistently they all feel the world was a better place without them it was it was not at all a selfish act right so i think that's that's a big thing moving forward right is is what have we learned this summer what have what have we learned and and how are we going to apply that to our lives and our community and try to make it you know create a community that we can hopefully eliminate but at the very least minimize this right well not minimize yeah. the situation but minimize the recurrence stop of it, this right? from happening exactly yeah and, and i don't i the tough 
the toughest thing is though is I don't ever think we're going to be able to completely stop this because we live in a you know world and a society that is ill right like we we you know feel this you know need to be perfect right and I think that it starts at home with our kids right and starts by you know allowing our children a place where they don't you know feel the need to be perfect all the time right a place to be safe to come home to and um uh where they feel you know no loved and not judged and i know i think that until until we start to teach this stuff in our schools and that um you know we're gonna be fighting an uphill battle but um i think that there has been a lot of changes that have been made even in the last you know eight months here you know we go out and you know the topic of conversation at at our parties now and our gatherings is mental health right like it's it is changing but it's 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 gonna take time and it's gonna take you know people and you know groups to keep you know talking about this yeah yeah you know I, I totally agree that it's a bigger problem than any four of us sitting in a room doing a podcast is ever going to solve, right? Yeah. But um, I think it's just the natural Step progression the right towards direction. towards it, right? To like, yeah. it's okay to have a shit day, and it's okay to talk about it, and it's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to ask for help. And and you know, I think the so many years, like fuck, I've known you guys for <laughs> a lifetime, a lifetime, right? Like yeah. fifteen years, and oh, shit. I think. Well, more than that, twenty yeah. years probably, right? And I twenty-five mean, years it, of that. Yeah, yeah and, and twenty-five years, like it, it's taken twenty-four and a half of them to have a real fucking conversation. Yeah. Right, and I think that's like where you know you look at social media posts and the per, you know everybody's just portraying this perfect fucking mm-hmm. image of self-image, which just makes you go like, well, what the fuck's wrong with me if I'm all fucked up and they're they got their shit together, right? Yeah. And the truth is, nobody does. But no. ev- everybody's so protective of that image yeah. that, you know, I think we just start having these conversations and, and working in the direction of it's it's okay to not be perfect. And I know it's uh, taken me, you know, 30-some years to to even talk about this and, and what I've experienced in my childhood and, you know, just where it led me to, you know, drinking my face off, getting blackout berry and, you know, just trying to have a good time my whole life. And you always kind of just put behind you what was actually, you know, what, what you're actually trying to fucking bury. So, like you say, it's, uh, I mean, I still have problems talking about it. It's, it's tough. I don't like asking for help. I have way too much fucking pride. And it's it's tough because that's where that's where it gets you in a dark place, just being stubborn and not being able to release. 
And I think it's tougher when you're, a, you know, a man too, right? Like, you know, growing up, we aren't taught to talk about what's, you know, happening with us, right? We're taught to be, you know, tough. And I think there's a time to be tough and there's a time when we have to talk about what's happening and what, what we're, you know, healing, right, guys? There's There's nothing wrong with, you know, you know, talking about being, you know, sad or angry, right? And I think that comes down to us teaching our our sons about that, you know, and teaching our kids that it's okay to get angry, it's okay to get to get mad and there's good and there's positive ways to deal with with what we're feeling and I, that comes from, you know, giving them a safe place to to be able to express that, and that's starts at home, I think. So, yeah, I know. Like we we lost in my house, we lost Grandpa uh, early October, and that was the kids' first loss, right? And so my boys, <clears throat> I got my oldest is we're, we're sixteen, thirteen, ten, right? Three boys, growing up with me as a dad. So like. I, I probably didn't do the best job I could have for a long time, right? And uh, and it was interesting to see that loss on them, how it affected them so individually and so uniquely, right? My oldest went straight to rage, like just punching holes in the wall, angry, right? My youngest was just a sobbing basket case of just sorrow. And my middle son was almost numb to it. Mm-hmm. And... And I'm sitting there trying to like, cause you know, nobody handed me the book on how to be a dad and how to support my kids through that. Right. So I'm sitting there trying to be a better person, you know, and, and trying to support them and let them have all those emotions and let them, let them respond appropriately. Cause you know, my idea of how they should be responding is fucking irrelevant. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I remember just sitting down going, you know, whatever you're feeling is exactly right. And that's exactly how you're supposed to feel. And I'm here to support you through whatever that is. And and I had this like voice in my head going like, that's not what your dad would have said. <laughs> <laughs> quit, quit your crying or I'll give you something to drive exactly, about. Exactly, right? Like, yeah. suck it up, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, I think that's where that's where we can do better, right? And and I try to expose my kids to everything that we're doing with our collective journey and and get them involved and like I had them out shoveling snow at the food bank just helping, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and uh showing and them I, skills. Yeah. Well, get the fuck off the Xbox too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um Minecraft. Yeah. I think it's funny though like you you t- you talk about you know going back to what you were saying Daffy. And I think it's interesting how we find, like me and you got along, we've gotten along forever, right? Oh, We're yeah. like peas in a pod. Yeah, two different schools and I mean, a lot of our uh, mutual friends were enemies, but me and you uh, seem to just get along fine. And For sure. And <laughs> and what's crazy about shit, like, you know, you throw a guy like our buddy Matt into the mix and oh, it's yeah. like, yeah. man, these guys are exactly the same. And I think what made us exactly the same is we like to get really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we really love to have a good time. Yeah. We partied hard. And what's crazy is in hindsight, it's like we were all numb in a different condition. Yeah. And all, all hiding our own 
our own shit. Yeah, we were all getting fucked up together and getting like blackout fucked up together. Yeah. Waking up on somebody's couch and you didn't know whose couch it was. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's 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 just crazy to me like and I think that's part of how we normalize it, right? Um we're all dealing with our shit and we just find a pack of like-minded people, you know, in our case that just got fucked up enough that like we all that's how we dealt with it. We but none of us ever talked about dealing with anything. No. So I think that's where, you know, the conversation needs to go is it starts organically, right? It starts small, I think, and, and talking to your your close circle and opening that door and hopefully it just kind of organically spreads. Just cut the bullshit, right? Pretty much. I know I still, you say cut the bullshit, but I mean, it's a lot easier said than done <laughs> for a lot of people. I mean, I... Like I said, I I still sometimes have problems even, you know, opening up to my my therapist and shit and it's it's tough to open up. I mean I, I don't like to and I mean sometimes when I'm dealing with my own shit I have so much of how do you how do you be there for somebody that's, you know, telling you about their shit? Like to me, sometimes it's difficult and, and overwhelming that I just completely shut down. And yeah, yeah, and I think you know we're all right in how we deal with our shit. It, well, as long as we're dealing with it in a healthy right, manner, yeah. right? Not just as long as we're dealing with it. I think it takes it takes a big, big man to go get help, dude. Like you should be very, 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 very proud, man. Right, and it also thank takes, you, Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm f- Dude, I'm fucking serious. <laughs> I am too. I there are lots of people out there who, who you know, don't want to take that s- take that s- step, right? Because they they don't know, you know, how to. They don't they don't want to be, you know, open up. And until they do that, they're going to keep struggling over and over again. And, you know, when I went to get help and when I asked for help, you know, there's, there is this, like, amazing, I don't know, awe moment when you just open up and you tell this complete stranger all of your deepest, darkest crap. And you just, you honestly connect and it comes out and it isn't easy, but it's it's one of the you know best and toughest things you could ever ever do, and you know and it is tough when when it's you you know talking and trying to get that stuff out. And I know what it's like when people are coming to you, bringing you know stuff to you at the exact same time and and it does make it harder but you're doing an awesome job man thanks bro and i know that if i ever had to you know you know call a guy i would call you because you're that you know you are that man so hair on you
And we're we're two goalies, so we <laughs> we know exactly what we're thinking all the time. You're both batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we speak the same crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. That like for sure, kudos. I mean, you know, in in uh, in, in my circle of of drugs and alcohol and twelve step, um, pride kills people. Yeah, you know, on a on a on a terrifyingly regular basis that they just couldn't, they refused, their pride wouldn't let them ask for help. So, I mean, just taking that step is like, fuck you, you're halfway there. Like the hardest fucking thing to do. Well, if I didn't have the help of, uh, you know, my friends, my girlfriend, she's been a fucking rock for me through this. And I mean, I've, (laughs) put her probably through a lot of shit mentally too right um (laughs) i'm not uh i'm not an easy cat i know i can be very stubborn and i mean she's she's stuck with me through through all of it so i think that's the point in all this is like just confirming that like none of us are alone in this right Mm -hmm. like it none of us can do this on our own it takes an army to to get us through something like this like i mean this summer was nobody should I mean there's there's even now there's no way there's it's still hard to comprehend like what happened fully right it haunts me still like you know you have a good week and then you know be at work continuing that good time and all of a sudden just like a snap of your fucking fingers you're you're in that spot again it's you know it's just you can't you can't imagine that, that these guys are fucking gone my uh, counselor explained it to me like, <laughs> kind of like you get hit by this big, big wave, and we got hit by wave after wave after wave, and we never got a chance to take a breath. Yeah. And what happens when you don't get that chance to take that breath is that is that your body goes into panic. Mode, and it can hit you whenever, and it can be the it can it can be you know it can come up when you when you aren't expecting it, and it could and it can continue to happen for a long 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 time because of how many times we got hit by that painful wave and um you know when when you talk to a a you know counselor and you tell them everything that's happened um they are in absolute awe of the amount of pain and you know loss that has happened here and you know it's a I think it's a true testament to the group of people that we have um, that uh, we were able to come together the way that we did for each other. And I know that um, without mm, you guys and my girlfriend and my kids um you know my life right now might be a lot uh different too 
um, because I could have went down that path again. And um, without you guys to keep me and my head above water, um, who knows? So um, even though there was a lot of tragedy, I think there was a lot of good things that um, came from the loss. A lot of reconnection. Yeah. Um, you know, I found myself being grateful for a lot more things in my life now. You know, I think that um, we have to be because it's it's a lot easier to look at the at all the terrible crap that there is out there, and when we you know focus on all that stuff, it seems to add up more. But when we take the time every day you know to focus on the good to focus on the light um i think that you know we start to attract the good stuff into into our into our lives so yeah i think you know in all the in all the conversations that i've had with you guys as individuals and even, you know, the, the media coverage that the whole situation got, you know, I think that's the one thing that, that came through consistently is the support you guys had for each other and the impact that, that had. And I guess, you know, that's where I'd like to shift this a little bit to, to a more positive note. Um, you know, what are we doing about it, right? And, and what, how, how do we really honor the memory of these guys and, and take all that negativity and like you know i think you touched on it with some the reconnection and the the appreciation and and the gratitude right of of the things and and just that refocus that mm. it's terrible that it took a series of events like that to really remind us what's important and what's just or even you know how you're doing your everyday life just yeah. with your friends right like i mean majority of us around here would I mean, if we we're all hanging out, 50% of that time, we're just fucking ripping on each other anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, so, uh, yeah. can can really uh, bring down self-esteem even, you know, even when you think it's the other guy's taking it good and it's, you know, just something you got to look at differently now. Yeah, I guess that's the thing is we we don't know what's going on for people, right? So even when something may be coming off as harmless or funny or whatever we don't we don't know mm -hmm. what's going on for you how you're taking that how you're interpreting that how it's affecting your self-esteem your self-worth yeah. right i mean as hockey players growing up that's <laughs> what you did that was part of the game and <laughs> part of life well shit we're we're all carpenters yeah. well we're all carpenters yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even even Julie <laughs> but I mean like yeah. good, good luck being in the trade and not just shit like talking the guy beside you she's got you. the biggest hammer at all of us <laughs> you know it <laughs> but yeah even in our professional worlds like that right I mean the whole day is just kicking the shit out of each other so it's <laughs> you okay you able to breathe over <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's huge, you know, just how how we're treating people, right? And and the surface level bullshit and, and what that might actually mean, right? So I know Derek, you've started or you've uh, gotten involved with your your organization. You want to touch on what that is and what, what you do? And for all the brothers Canada, 
Um, they asked me to be a part of that um, back in uh, September. Um, Aaron and uh, E2 uh, started it in uh, September. Um, the organization actually uh, began down in New Zealand and uh, E2 had reached out to the uh, had reached out to Zane um, who was the founding member down there um, and they uh, wanted to start um, a uh, brotherhood up here in Canada after um, all of the tragedy that had happened up here so they did that it started out with the tattoo event um, the very first one was uh, so great that they ended up having another one um, since then we've been selling merchandise um, t-shirts hats toques that sort of thing um, as well as we are working with our collective journey our brothers over there um, the medicine hat food bank CMHA um, act medical clinics um, down there at the new health and wellness hub um, we're going to be uh, getting a office down there too. I'm very, very excited to see what our role is going to be down there with um, that. Um, right, right now we are a uh, Facebook page, um, so check us out. Um, we are not a group of professionals. We don't offer advice. Um, what we try to do is to be that gap um, try to fill that gap um, when people are um, in distress um, if they don't know who to turn to for help uh, we can help them um, get some info um, also we try to inspire people uh, bring some hope um, we have a, a push-up challenge um, that uh, E2's up to some like 285 days in a row of his push-ups. The guy's a monster. <laughs> this guy's an absolute machine. Yeah. His dedication uh, to mental health and raising awareness is absolutely uncanny. Um, I'm on day like 52 and struggling to keep up. So <laughs> this guy's just crushing it um and we've had a couple other guys jump on there too so that's always good to see and um his wife erin um does amazing work selling our merchandise to raise money um i think we've raised something like thirty thousand dollars now um, that's amazing huh? mm -hmm. i'd hit the applause light if yeah. i didn't <laughs> well i think she's and, already oh no she's not <laughs> and our next fundraiser um our money is going to be going towards the place structure at the new health and wellness hub um not allowed to talk too much about that yet that's kind of it's uh, top secret still. top <laughs> secret still but uh, it's gonna that's be gonna be pretty awesome man pretty amazing so once that is underway um it's going to be quite the place to be um yeah it's been a it's been a group that has helped me to heal it's helped me to reach a lot of people um with uh, my story i guess and um i think that when we uh share um our 
darkness and our struggle with others, um, it kind of helps us and others to see that we're not alone. So that's what's going on there. That's awesome, man. So that's primarily if people are looking for you, looking to, to get in touch with you, Facebook's the, the Facebook, best mechanism to do yes, that. Yes, you betcha. Until we're all roommates under the... Roomies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to have a big sleepover. <laughs> Not our first one. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on from that. <laughs> um, t- you know, talking about the supports that are out there in the community, um, what are you guys doing with that money? What is it? What is it funding that you guys are raising where where have you been able to fund oh that is a very good question um aaron has been able we have written checks for uh i believe it's oh now i forget (laughs) that's a very good question i know some of it went to cmha as i was on the board cmha i believe was the women's shelter was the first um destination of the uh very first tattoo event i don't know (laughs) i'm drawing a blank my memory sucks (laughs) sorry guys no do you know um like you talked about your next fundraiser and what those funds are going for do you can you talk about what that fundraiser is what it looks like and how to get in touch with it that i have information on (laughs) that is what's happening in the future not the past that's that's the brain injury coming out there the memory uh we are participating in a walk um, there is a Zane down in New Zealand doing a 24-hour walk for mental health. So up here, uh, we are going to be doing a portion of the walk and raising money for that. Um, me and E2 and a couple of the other brothers, we're going to be doing a 10K walk. Um I believe if people would like to donate, they can reach out to Aaron at the page. Um, I know that there has been other people who have also signed up to share some of the kilometers with us. Yeah. And um, all the money from that uh, is going to the place structure at the new hub that is fantastic and top secret. Uh, Julie, I don't know that you're aware, but I've registered you and your family to be part of that walk. Oh, perfect. (laughs) I'm in. I don't know if your husband was nice enough to pass that information along, but you will be participating in said walk. He usually doesn't pass information along very effectively. We will see you there. (laughs) I look forward to it. I got our family registered, my family registered, you guys, all all the guys from uh, OCJ are supporting you guys fully on board and as you guys always do so thank you very much yeah i think it's you know i think everything that's i guess that's the bright light that i i see coming out of you know the events of the summer is is the the community coming together you you know whatever the scale that community is whether it's your circle of friends or whether it's the city of medicine hat or you know we've i know we've both been in touch with the provincial government and their support and 
you know, the, I guess the positive that's coming away from this all is, is what do we do now? Right. And I think that's where these organizations that were, that are coming up and trying to support each other. And, uh, and I mean, mental health is, is a hugely complex, like it's, it's the biggest, you know, where do you even start? Right. And like you said, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's not something that like, after we get through this year, everybody's just going to be yeah. Like, yeah, we're good. Like it's, COVID's going to be it's never it's never going to go uh, away. No, yeah. we're we're in an era of of COVID. Yeah, <laughs> COVID so, of the mind. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about you know the chemistry behind it, the you know psychology behind it. We can talk about brain injuries, traumas. Like there is so much that goes into mental health and. Uh, I don't truly honestly think that that'll that the majority of the population understands that. And you know, one thing that that I did when I hit rock bottom was I decided that I was going to learn about it because I lived in the middle of nowhere. I was by myself. Like I lived on a ranch in the middle of nowhere, and it was either sink or swim. <laughs> so I decided I was going to learn all I could about my depression and my anxiety, and about my brain injury and about stuff that had happened to me when I was a kid. And so I did. And when I did that, it it honestly helped me to start to you know forgive myself for some of the choices that I had made because you start to understand your reactions to certain things right because you when you deal with with things like anxiety and depression in unhealthy ways you have to have ways to cope you have to have ways to survive right so you find little ways and Funny story, I picked Jeremy up from his house, and we were told him about how I got bucked off a horse <laughs> and hit my head. Oh, I was, I was actually kind of wanting to bring this one yeah. up. This is I'm going to tell the yeah. story for my point <laughs> because I've known this kid for 20 plus years, and we get in my truck and haven't talked to him for a long time, and tell him about get bucked off a horse hit my head just about died and he's like Derek he says I'm really sorry about your stutter I'm like my stutter I'm like Jeremy I've had my stutter my whole life he's like no way <laughs> yeah, we like, play on the same same hockey team together and you, you didn't even hear it or recognize it and then all of a sudden you reconnect with them and I was just like uh, can I ask you a question Derek <laughs> And he's like, you idiot, I've had it like my whole life. <laughs> so the point that I was trying to get across to him is that is that we all find ways to hide the, you know, things that we don't want other people to see, right? <laughs> and there's times where I can talk and I don't stutter at all. And there's times where I get stuck on a word and it's like, oh my gosh, Derek, you've said this word a thousand times before. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Right? <laughs> And so, now I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Daffy. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're glazing into my eyes. It's not my fault. I think that's such a key point, though, is the educate the education is going to be the solution to all of this because until we understand what's yeah. actually going on, there's no way to 
there's no way to get past any of this, right? We have to actually learn about it and learn about how we can, like you said, even just react to it, right? Like, because when you don't even understand your reactions to something, how do you, how do you move forward? You get stuck. So it's like education is, education is what is going to get us through this whole crisis. Yeah. And I I think it's a, a combination of education and, and, and discussion and understanding and empathy because I've I've heard a lot of you know similar to you right I've started going like why am I so fucked up and trying to figure it out right because it's it's one thing to realize that I am in fuck in fact fucked up but then like to try and figure out the why is like holy shit it's that's opening a can of worms right I need a degree or two (laughs) (laughs) but what I found in my research um, and, and conversations with professionals and, and psychologists and, and medical doctors and, and people from 12-step and, and all of these people is what, what concerns me about it is there's so many people that are like, this is the problem and this is the solution. And it's really one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I've talked to a lot of people and there's not many people that are one kind of fucked up. Right, it's it's this cocktail of a whole bunch of different things. So I think we got to be really cautious too, saying that here's the solution, mm-hmm. because you know what worked for me, what would save my life, might not work for you. No, maybe an element of it will, but it's it's not like a one size fits all solution. Okay. And everybody being as unique as they are, have their unique the unique backgrounds, whether it's different traumas or. Or like childhood trauma or whether it is a brain injury or you know post-concussion or or whatever it might be that led to this cocktail of who we are there isn't a simple cookie cutter solution so it's it takes a lot of conversations and a lot of people need to dial back the ego about knowing what the solution is yeah. i think right i don't know if you've experienced anything similar yeah yeah I, you know i think that um I think that uh, until all the professionals are on the same page, right? Like they, I, I don't, I don't have anything against professionals because I've had good experiences and I've had bad experiences, right? Just like with any, any, any other thing in you know l- l- life. But um, I think that um, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there who. Um, who need to take a step back and maybe evaluate what their view of help is. Um, and like, for example, I tried to get my kids in to see a counselor and there's like a month to two month waiting list and there's how many counselors here in the hat and there's still that long that you have to wait I mean that's a long time so is I, I think that that's one area where where things need to get a lot a lot better is um, is the you know is 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 like the times that it takes people to get in to see these professionals and the costs that it that it is i mean it's 185 bucks to see a psych 
necrologist for an hour. Like, how many people have have an extra hundred and eighty five bucks every m- month? I mean, and a lot of insurance companies don't even cover that. So, I think that's a deterrent from people going to get help. So now they don't have that help. So now they're sitting at home, struggling alone. And this just piles up on them. So what's, what's the next step when they can't, can't get help? Everything's piling up on them. This, the, the like only other option that they can see, the only way out, sorry, is to take their life, right? Like, and that's, that's not the only other option. And we need to help people to you know to understand that (laughs) (laughs) and I think I mean that's what we're trying to do with OCJ and for all the brothers right is to fill that gap because that gap is that gap is huge for somebody who's in a desperate place doesn't have two months to wait to see a therapist so I guess that's what we're trying to do right is just get intermittent support in those in those time frames where I mean, it's it's a it is a matter of life and death a lot of times. For sure, and and my background being with the addiction piece more so that you know not to say that addiction isn't a mental health issue, but it's its own mental health, it's its own little circle, right? Um, I know, like talking with addicts and, and alcoholics, like it's it's a really fleeting window of being willing to ask for help before they're like, "Well, oh, fuck it, I got this," yeah. right? And like that if. If somebody comes and asks for help and and the access isn't there, you're gonna lose them like so there's probably that there's probably that time when you come off that high or you know you come off being you know you know drunk and there's that there's that that time where you're where you aren't high or you aren't drunk where you're like, okay, I gotta get my shit done now. And you go to get help, and it's like, oh, I got to wait two months, or I got to got to wait a week. I got to wait this time, and all of a sudden, so I think that's that's a spot where where this you know new hub is going to be able, where people are going to come in, and they're going to be able to talk to someone that day and in that spot, and we're going to be able to say, you know what, we can help, right? I hope that's that's what I'm hoping for for sure and I think it not just help but like I, I get you I get you right let's let's make a plan yeah like and and uh, I've I think there's so much value in I've I've been there yep right as opposed to like you know and again I'm not I'm not speaking ill against any professional I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for some me professionals too. right me too but I remember many times just going like you don't get it like you know sitting there talking to somebody and and they're professionals and they mean well and they're educated and they're everything that but just going like you you don't get it right you, like you're telling me to just stop it yeah well fuck if i could just stop it i would have <laughs> i feel like some of them go off of a script right they'd actually they, they don't know like you say they don't know how you're feeling or how you're supposed to deal with it they just know what they were taught off of this program they know it on paper yes they don't they've never lived it yeah 
Well, and, and I think more to the access point too, you know, to, to defend some of the professionals in the community as well. Um, they don't have the opportunity to become particularly invested because of the two-month wait list, right? So it's like they're trying to help so many people and the demand's so high that it is... Yeah. It is just a process, right? So I can't really get as invested as I want because I I literally have another appointment in 15 minutes and that person needs me as much as you do, right? 100%. And, and I was speaking with a woman who was really, really, really frustrated with her doctor like two days ago. And uh, and she was going off about how like she just, you know, her, her time was up and she had to, you know, she just kind of ended the session and had to move on. And she took that really, really personally. Like, why am I not important enough? for you to care and i just kind of had to help her put that in perspective of like the next person in line needed just as much help as you Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like that that wasn't a personal attack on you it had nothing to do with you right we've got such a tendency to ego make make ourselves (laughs) the center of the world right human ego is such a touchy subject that um you know i i think in in their defense you know, for sure, there's there's good and bad in every industry. Whatever you know, there's there's amazing police officers. There's assholes. There's you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. I don't know why I picked on just because Brent was here a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> why I picked on cops? Um, but you know, there's there's good and bad in every profession, and and not to say that everybody's good or everybody's bad, but you know, I think just a little bit of understanding on all everybody's part right we can sit here and we can bitch about the lack of access but you know what's gonna what's gonna change that well you there's a ton of things like it's not there's not a small band-aid fix it's a big puzzle it's a huge puzzle right puzzle so i think that's collectively hopefully you know what more government funding for sure right (laughs) that i think is one thing that would be helpful absolutely right (laughs) 100 percent. getting some government support would be kind of where my where I think would be a big help would be more of our taxes going to, you know, mental health projects. Well, I think if we ever actually took the time, and I'm sure somebody has, but to do a calculation on the cost of mental health to the taxpayer, mm. it would be staggering. Oh, <laughs> right? disgusting. Staggering. Yeah. The amount of police resources, mm-hmm. prison resources, hospital, a- AHS resources yeah. that are... Yep, could have been avoided with a hundred and eighty dollar counseling session. Yep, right. Um, but that's probably a whole topic for a whole nother podcast with a hundred percent. Maybe with some other people around here, we could ask some questions too. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, anything in closing you guys want to touch on? Any departing words of wisdom? You're looking at the wrong person for words of wisdom. I was looking at you, don't worry. <laughs> I think I, I just want everybody to know that you're not alone out there and that there are people who have dealt with whatever it is you are struggling with. Um, please reach out to um, our collective journey or for all the Brothers Canada. Um, we would love to hear your story. Um, and uh, and just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean you have a bad life, okay? And uh, somebody is always here to listen, and um, your life is definitely worth it, okay? Thanks, buddy. Yeah. 
I think I I would kind of like to see us get to a point where we we stop telling people that they're brave and courageous for sharing their stories and talking about their depression, mental health, addiction, whatever. Because as soon as we tell somebody that, like, man, you're so brave for sharing that, we're confirming the stigma. We're confirming that you should feel ashamed. That's why it's brave to share, right? Like, I mean, after, after, I mean, Damien had his story in the Medicine Hat News, and he's, I mean, you guys have all been very vocal about your stories and where you're past, and the most common thing you see, hundreds of people, like, you're so brave, it takes so much strength, it takes so much courage to share that. And right now, yeah, it does, because there's still such a strong stigma around all this stuff. But I think we need to get to a point where we stop telling people they're brave. When somebody shares their struggle with depression or anxiety or whatever it is, it's just a, yeah, man, I hear you. It's a thank you. It's, it's, you're, you're totally normal, I get you, instead of you're brave. Because soon as you say you're brave it's just confirming that you should feel ashamed yeah yeah Uh, i i posted a video on an um bell let's talk day that was just my story right and uh it was crazy the feedback i got from that Mm -hmm. and how many of those comments were wow that's amazing that's so inspirational you're so brave and and it was kind of it kind of took me aback because i was like I just told my story. Like it, yeah. it, it was so second nature to me yeah. that it wasn't anything profound, even though it, you know, to some people it had a, well, I, sh- I don't know, it had some sort of effect on yeah, them. Obviously, for they sure. wouldn't be reaching out. Um, but yeah, I, I 100% agree. Right? Like, I think that's where our measure of success is when when this when all becomes normalized. Yeah, right? it's and just normal. It's, it's not, just a conversation. It's not courageous to yeah. say you have depression. It's just normal. You know, and I was. I know. I was kind of like when Damien made all these comments, and I was just. I was almost put off too because I'm like, well, it's it's not really that brave. Like this is just his story. This is his past. It's nothing. I'm ashamed. It's nothing. I've ever been ashamed of. It's something that he, I'm sure, at points has been shameful of. But mm. he's. It's now. It's now his point where he can help people and it's not something that is shameful so to me it was almost like when you keep seeing people tell him how brave he is it's just telling him like you should be ashamed of your past which isn't the case right yeah it was it's a bit of a mind fuck for sure (laughs) well i mean a lot of people would probably i mean if you tell your past i mean that's probably what a lot of people are judging you on right like you should be ashamed. You were you were a fucking mess your whole life. <laughs> yeah. But well, even you know, to that point, like I remember when I first reached out to you about all this stuff, right? When when I was like, hey, this is what we're doing, and I knew you were you had your own things going on, and and you know, to be perfectly honest, I felt like you kind of blew me off a bit, and it was like, well, I've got a lot of things going on. You know, good luck. Talk to you later, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, at first I was kind of like, fuck you, man. Like I'm trying to support you and what you're doing too. Right. And then I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, that's not really fair. Cause the last time I talked to Derek, I was not the same guy I am today. And if he didn't want to talk to me, and you know, not to say this is just how my brain works. Right. You know, I'm having arguments with people that don't even know I'm having an argument (laughs) with them. But I'm like, you know what? And I had to get to a spot that I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Like the guy that he knew me to be, I don't know if I'd fucking want to talk to that guy either. Right. And, and so when we, 
when we do revisit our past, I think it's, it, you know, you kind of open yourself up a bit to that. And I've had to, you know, and I know me and Damien have had some talks about it too, right? If people are going to think what they're going to think. And if they want to judge you for who you are today, they don't know you. And no. it, it is what it is. And I can't, I can't blame them, right? <laughs> like, do you remember a converse, conversation me and you had? It would have been probably about five or six years ago. Over Facebook, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. That that was the last time that me and you yeah. chit chat about. Yeah, no, there was. I just had a lot of shit. Going no, on. no, no. <laughs> like, and, and I wasn't trying to say that to like yeah. bait anything out oh, of you. No. It was, it was no, just. I just you know. wanted to explain that to you. So no, that was the last time that we talked. Yeah, that was. No, no, it's it's all no, good, buddy. No, bro. How yeah, we play things out in our head that well, like that, aren't even real for sure, right? And and it's like that's. Fuck me alone in my brain is a dangerous place to be, man. Yeah. Welcome to mine, dude. <laughs> I do the same thing, man. Yeah. This person must be mad at me. They haven't texted me back in a week. <laughs> it's like, no, I just forgot. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Well, I uh, I appreciate you all being here. I look forward to sharing the space, the community hub with you yeah, and uh, for all the brothers. And, and uh, we had Selena in here last week as our nice. guest. Um, so she was pumping the tires on that so yeah i think it's going to be hopefully with all this tragedy that the community's experienced over the last year there's going to be a pile of good come of it and and hopefully these conversations do stop requiring us to reaffirm that we're brave and we mm -hmm. can just have a conversation you know when you when you ask somebody how they're doing you mean it and yeah. you're looking for a real answer instead of just the i'm fine the common niceties right I hate that word. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't take that response when I get that one from my kids. Dad, I'm fine. No, you're not. Are you good? <laughs> I'm fine. No. Are you good or are you not good? There's two answers here. I'm fine does not work for me. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for coming out today. Thanks for sharing. And uh... Let's go find your keys. <laughs> <laughs> Give me, give me 15 minutes and we'll play this game. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. From Darkness to Life is an Our Collective Journey podcast. These are the true stories of struggles and triumphs against addiction and mental health challenges. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Rick, Ryan, and Damien are here for you. Contact Our Collective Journey on Facebook at Our Collective Journey or on the web at ourcollectivejourney.ca. Hosted by Poncho Parker. Produced by Rob Pate. Engineered, edited, and directed by Dave Cruikshank. From Darkness to Life is a plugged-in media network exclusive. Check out this and our other great podcasts at pymedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.